Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello, Cosmos Country, and welcome back to another edition of First Team Podcast. I'm your host, John Frashante. I would like to wish everyone a very happy new year. This is the first episode of 2020, and uh, I just want to start out by saying that I hope that 2020 is a better year for the New York Cosmos. Cosmos supporters, they do enjoy, and I do enjoy it somewhat as well. I do enjoy going at the Federation. I do enjoy the feeling of us against them because it doesn't matter what we do, right? We can win the championship, we can win the US Open Cup, we can win the CONCACAF Champions League, we wouldn't get the credit that we deserve because we're the New York Cosmos, because we're not in Major League Soccer and we're not uh, abiding by their rules and participating in their competition. Instead, we're playing and competing in independent soccer. So my hope for 2020 is that the Cosmos as a club and as a fan base We turn our attention to on-the-field matters, and we try to make sure our club is the best it can ever be. And I know since the reboot season, we've experienced ups and downs, and we've experienced a rollercoaster ride from the NASL winning championships, having star players like Raul and Marco Senna, and you can even name local and domestic talent that were as valuable as Raul and as Marco Senna. But the point I'm trying to make is that For so long, over the past couple of seasons in the NPSL, I don't think we valued and worked hard to try to make our club the best it can be because we were satisfied with, well, okay, hopefully the lawsuit gets settled soon. And I'm still on board with the lawsuit, but I think we need to stop waiting as a fan base, as a club. And yeah, we can hope for the best with the lawsuit, but we need to take 2020 and our first season in NISA and... Try to have that same level of professionalism as we saw in the last season in the NASL at MCU Park, where we had sellout crowds and we had great attendance and uh, great performances on the field, and we had this feel-good factor uh, within the club and within the league. But then that was overshadowed by being desanctioned in September of that year. I believe it was 2017. That's when we saw the lawsuit. And the rest is history. Uh, But that's my hope for 2020 is that, yeah, the lawsuit is great because I would love to see the PLS, the professional league standards, being striked down. And I think that will change the soccer landscape in the professional game as we know it. But I think in 2020, we need to focus in our own backyard and make sure that the New York Cosmos in 2020 is the best it can ever be on and off the field, right? We can't control on the field because we don't sign the players and we don't appoint the managers and uh, we don't control the on the field product. But as fans, what we do control is the success of our club off the field, right? We can tell our friends, we can tell everyone that we know that the Cosmos 
are back playing professional soccer in 2020. And we can try to persuade businesses that we know and uh, smaller local businesses to try to sponsor the New York Cosmos, for example. So I'm not saying that we need to work for the club and we need to try to grow the club that way, but we have an affiliation with the New York Cosmos. They are our club. We do support them. So the success off the field, as in going to the matches and telling people about them and telling people how to stream the match, if it is streamed online or on TV or whatever may be the case on the broadcasting front. So for me, I think in 2020, we need to take a bigger priority on the New York Cosmos and making sure that they are the best iteration of the club in 2020 and hopefully we can have a brighter future in this decade. I got an email from a listener of First Team Podcast, Neil Shapiro. He listened to our latest episode or our last episode, which was, I believe that was our Christmas special because I took a little break over the holidays. So our last episode was our Christmas special. And I hope everyone had a great new year and a great holiday season. So Neil, he listened to some clips that I provided on uh, that Christmas special with Sunil Galati. He said, hi, John. First, happy holidays. It was an interesting podcast that should open people's eyes. To see the other side of Sunil Galati, I am not surprised because you called him out on the Federation being non-for-profit. Meanwhile, the U.S. Soccer Federation, Major League Soccer, and Sock United Marketing are connected and making money. Remember when the New York Cosmos came back? They have had more success locally than any New York MLS club, and that had to drive MLS some and the United States Soccer Federation crazy. Yeah, and that's why I called up Sino Galati, and I think that was when the Cosmos were in the NASL, but they were having problems with sanctioning with the Federation. So uh, that's when I called up Sino Galati. And only had a chat with him for at least three minutes. It was back and forth. It wasn't an interview at all. Um, But I just wanted to get my point across. And the reason why I did call, and I did provide this on that episode, but the reason why I did call him up was because I wanted to be professional. And I wanted to have him on the show, invite him on the show, and interview him, and have a conversation about the game in this country. But the United States Soccer Federation is very tight-lipped, and they don't want to talk to everyone, and they pick and choose who they want to talk to, and I wasn't for that, and that's why I picked up the phone and um, called them up, and I provided some of that audio clips on our Christmas special. So going back to Neil's email, he says, now in terms of change, call it 2020 and beyond, now via Twitter, there are rumblings that the USL and the MLS partnership could end soon. USL has been pushing for MLS 2 clubs to drop from the USL Championship to USL 1 because MLS 2 clubs dragged the average attendance down in the USL Championship. Sock Takes has posted an article about the USL and they are not exactly making a considerable profit. Yeah, that's very interesting because I have always been told that could have been a possibility and it seems like that is because I have always put down the USL and said, well, you can't be taken seriously because you have MLS two clubs. But if they remove them from the USL championship and they have ownership groups that want to have independent clubs outside of that affiliation with MLS and they want to build 
uh, soccer-specific stadiums and they want to invest in their markets and in their clubs, then you have a powerful league. But if you do have, like, the Tampa Bay Rowdies and Indy 11, and then you have uh, Miami FC, but then you throw in your New York Red Bulls too, and I think the Sounders have a reserve team in USL, but they have a different name, and it's basically a minor league team. So I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. My opinion on this matter is that I think Major League Soccer should just create a reserve league. I know the Premier League has a reserve league, and I think they call it like the Premier League under-23s or something like that. Premier League 2, you can name it whatever you want. But you have all MLS clubs participating in this league, and you can regionalize it, right? You can say, hey, we're only playing clubs in this area, so Eastern Conference, Western Conference. But your goal is to not fill up a stadium, right? MLS and Don Garber, I think he knows what makes some money, right? He knows that the first team games, when they fill up their stadiums in the tens of thousands, and they are on national TV, and they have sponsors and whatnot, ticket sales, merchandise sales, that's what brings in the money. Not having New York Red Bulls play in another stadium outside of Red Bull Arena and having to hopefully get fans in the door and stream it and get sponsors. So they're basically operating two different clubs and two different professional leagues. And that's not what development leagues should be about. MLS should invest in a second league. They can call it MLS 2, MLS under 23s, whatever they want to call it. MLS Development League, whatever they want to label it. It should just be every single MLS club operating a second team, but with low barrier to entry. So they don't want a lot of fans there. There's no need for it. If you can get fans there paying, I don't know, $5 to see it, great. You open your training field for the night and you're hosting... Let's say the New York Red Bulls are hosting NYCFC's under-23s team. And I think that will be a great thing for MLS if they do do that because you can face top talent or top young talent at the MLS level instead of facing at the USL level, you're facing a diversified product, which is great, right? But you want to face the next talent and the next up-and-coming talent in MLS, instead of facing, let's just say, a 17-year-old in uh, USL or a 34-year-old in USL. That's great because you can experience different things. But I remember a quote, and I'm just going to paraphrase it here, um, but it was an experienced player in USL. I think they were playing against it, and I forgot what team it was and the player, but I do remember a storyline where a veteran player was playing in USL against a MLS 2 or reserve team. And that player went to go tackle that young player from the MLS club. And I believe he said that he was crying or something like that. Basically, they're playing against guys older than them, right? And that shouldn't be a problem. But when it comes to sport and competitiveness, I would rather see MLS 2 clubs playing in their own designated development league rather than corrupting a league that has ownership groups that are putting in millions of dollars and they're selling it as professional soccer or the top, the best professional league in the world, the best second division, and it's not. So I hope that changes. I'm not a fan of USL, 
but I think that's what holds them back. But if that is true that USL is trying to scrap uh, that partnership and trying to put the MLS2 clubs down to another level of USL, then I think uh, their product will just get bigger and better, I guess. Neil went on to say in his email, the NASL lawsuit, the NASL winning the lawsuit can change everything if the PLS is thrown out with the professional league standards gone. The lower leagues, community-based clubs will start to grow. Remember, there are cities across the country that want to be in MLS, and the odds are now against it happening. Because MLS has grown to 30 teams and might go to 32. They will add two more when they need the money. I figure they will ask close to $500 million for a club. The crazy figure is being thrown out there, not just by Neil, but by the media, by Major League Soccer, by them saying, hey, we're not going to uh, have any more expansion. We're closing expansion, which drives the prices up. Uh, more people want to be involved with smaller, with lower slots available. And that just drives the prices up per club. And I saw Inter-Miami, they pay the expansion fee. I think it's over a couple of years. It's not upfront. It's not $500 million tomorrow. I'll transfer it to you. It's over a couple year period, maybe five to ten year period, where they have to pay three to five hundred million dollars for their club, which is insane. No club, no ownership group should be able to pay a couple hundred million dollars to play at in the top flight. That should never happen. It should be working your way up, organic growth, and using that money over let's just say a ten to twenty year period and investing that money into your club. There are some clubs out there that probably never even invest $500 million in their club across the world because they don't have the money. They're a lower division, they're a small club, and they will always be a small club. But there is a way to work in that small club-ness, let's call it, into a top flight, into the second division, into the third division across the world by working their way up in the pyramid with promotion and relegation. Instead, in U.S. soccer, you have to be a billionaire to throw out $500 million or $300 million for a club, which is insane. In Neil's email, he said, MLS will start to price out people because it will become too expensive. It is like Major League Baseball here in New York. For years, the Mets fought hard to prevent a minor league club from coming to Long Island, and the reason was they thought it would impact their attendance. The Mets lost, and the Long Island Ducks are one of the successful independent minor league baseball teams in the country. It is a very inexpensive ticket, and to park at the stadium is free. The team draws well too. The point is, with the PLS gone and the growth of lower league soccer, it will provide people more choices at a lower cost. The New York Cosmos 2020, it is about patience. Every supporter needs to remember that we have an owner who is committed and only expects the best. All the best, Neil. Thanks, Neil, for the email. I really appreciate it. And at the end of that email, you're spot on, Neil. You're very spot on. Rocco is committed. I think that gets lost in maybe translation when we see reports that uh, he's doing different things with Fiorentina in Italy, in Serie A. It's very difficult to own two teams, but he's a billionaire. And he's going to a point for sure. He he already has people there in Italy, like Joe Barone, looking over the club there. And um, we have Eric Stover here. 
which is putting plans together for 2020 in NISA. So at the moment, it's a radio silence from our New York Cosmos. But we do have one report, and I have talked to Bloody Bartage in the past, trying to check in on him and see if uh, the club has ever contacted him, if they have offered him a contract. He did have some conversations, but he didn't have any formal contract offers. Um, But he does want to stay here. That's the whole point, is that Bloody Bartage wants to stay here. And according to FrontRowSoccer.com, Michael Lewis reported that Bloody Bartage turns down offers and wants to remain with the New York Cosmos. He said, I got offers from a USL team and also from a team in Thailand, but my decision was made to stay in the New York City area and continue with the club. He said, I want to return to Cosmos for 2020, even though we have to wait until probably June for the preseason, but this was my home in the past three years and I want to move forward with the club. He said he hasn't received an offer yet, but he has been in contact with the club. So that goes hand in hand with my reporting as well, is that he has been in contact with the club, but no offers as of yet. He said, I got offers from a USL team and also from a team in Thailand, but my decision was made to stay in the New York City area, of course, which is great. He said, the Cosmos are a special club. It has a big name and the club has trophies and it has legends that played here before. I've been here from the original NASL days, whether it was the MPSL or Members Cup, it didn't matter to me. I played for the badge and for the fans and gave my all every single day. He said, I keep myself in shape, I train, and most likely I'll keep playing there. The level is pretty good and will keep me fit and sharp. And he was talking about their bloody bardage uh, that he hoped to continue playing with Cedar Stars Academy in the Cosmopolitan Soccer League, which is a New York City um, amateur league. But I do believe that they do pay some players there as well. He's talking about trophies in uh, the MPSL with the New York Cosmos. He said, we failed to win trophies uh, in the past few seasons, but we were right there close. Hopefully this year we can win it. It will be big for the club and the fans of this team. He said, Nisa looks like a good league, very professional, and the level looks good. It's important the club is back in a professional league. So, great words from Bloody Bartage. One thing I'm not so sure about is I don't know if they're going to open preseason in June. I'm not too sure. I'm really not sure about that one. He says, we would probably have to wait in June for the preseason. But this was my home in the past three years, and I want to move forward with the club. So, if they do start playing in the fall, do they start in June? I don't think they start earlier. I don't think they're starting in in, uh, February or March. So, maybe the summer is accurate. I'm not too sure. I'll try to get that confirmed later on in the week. For next week's episode, but again, there's a lot of radio silence around the New York Cosmos. Not even people that we have contacts with within the club can share any details. They will come on the show and they will discuss more details later on once there is more information, once we know where the Cosmos will play in the fall of 2020. But what I do want to put out there is Nisa is where the Cosmos deserve to be, really. They deserve to be in a professional league in 2020, going into a new decade. And uh, I think we deserve a professional environment, hopefully a professional venue. And I hope that that will be announced in the next couple of weeks to months because I think a lot of fans deserve that. They've stayed loyal to the brand. 
They've stayed loyal to the club over the past couple of years when we were playing in the MPSL against college players, being knocked out in the U.S. Open Cup multiple times. So very embarrassing things for a club that is very historic. But we we moved on. We looked past that and said, okay, let's worry about the league. Let's worry about what's next for our club. And like I said earlier, in 2020, in the fall of 2020 in NISA, we need to worry about off the field. We can't control on the field, right? We can hope that the Cosmos sign Bloody Barrage and they sign Danny Satella and they bring back Carlos Mendez as coach. But besides that, we can only control getting to the stadium and supporting the Cosmos. If that's buying merchandise, if that's watching him online or on TV, wherever the matches will be broadcasted. And just spreading the word about the New York Cosmos. There is a report from Chris Kevlin of Midfield Press. At the moment, I can't click the article because it seems like their servers are down on midfieldpress.com. But there is a report from Chris Kevlin of uh, midfieldpress.com. You can check it out. But I think their link and their servers are down at the moment. Um, So check that out a little bit later on. The report is that there might be a second New York City uh, club in Nisa. So possibly... They might play out of Fordham University, and the club might be called New Amsterdam FC. So once uh, we can learn a little bit more about that one, I will try to get um, their owner or their investor, lead investor, on the show. But from their reporting, it seems like they want to play in NISA. They haven't received any sanctioning from the league or from uh, the federation. So that seems like a long shot at the moment. That's just the hope, right? They want to be a part of NISA. There's no mention on what year as the start date. Um, But it's great to see because in the NASL, we didn't have a lot of local derbies. And I hope that's what NISA does over time is they can fill in the gaps, have more Northeast clubs, and have more away days for Cosmos supporters. We have a question from Dream underscore King James, who was a contributor to FirstTeamPod.com. Thanks, James, for the question. He says, with Miami FC announcing their first significant signing of the 2020 season, when will the club give some timeline guidance for their activities? Is there a target date for which the club needs to have the venue question settled? What progress so far in venue selection process? Well, James, I wish I knew all these answers, if I'm honest. Um, But like I said earlier, very tight-lipped, right? Very tight-lipped. Cosmos management are at the moment. The only thing I've been told by um, Cosmos management when I was asking about what's really going on was I was told that they're still working on plans for 2020, but once they have more info, then they will be able to come on the show and I guess discuss that in more detail and answer whatever questions we might have and questions that other fans might have as well. So I think it's great that fans want these answers because it shows that we still care over these past couple of seasons where the Cosmos haven't been at their best and haven't been at the top. If you're playing at MLS or NISA, USL, professional soccer in the United States, it doesn't matter what division you're at because without promotion and relegation, you can't mock and you can't make fun of someone for playing at the third to second or first division level. It doesn't make a difference. The only thing that is different is how much money you put into your club or maybe not even put into your club. It's how much money you pay your league to add your club to that competition. So I will leave it there. Thanks everyone for supporting first team podcast since our first 
episode, really. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, we've been doing this for, uh, I think it's about four to five years, and our product, our voice, our product, our quality of podcast and of coverage of the New York Cosmos has gotten better over the years, and I really do thank everyone for their support. I really do appreciate it. And we will continue covering NISA and the New York Cosmos in 2020, and we will have bigger and better guests on the show. I put out a tweet a couple of days ago saying who should be a guest on First Team Podcast in 2020, and uh, you can reply or send an email at firstteampod at gmail.com with who you would like to hear on First Team Podcast. We will try our best to invite them on the show because it is very hard because if you do ask for a higher management type of person like Carlos Cordero or Senor Gulati or someone like that, the chances of having that person on the show is very unlikely. So uh, please recommend someone that is more likely to want to come on the show, I guess. So thanks again for supporting the show. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of First Team Podcast. I really appreciate it. And as always, you can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. I would like to thank Neil for sending in his email. I really appreciate it. You can follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. I would like to thank everyone for tuning into this week's episode of First Team Podcast. I really appreciate it. Let's make 2020 a year to remember in Cosmos Country. And thanks for being on this ride with us. Let's make 2020 a great year in Cosmos Country. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back next week with another edition of First Team Podcast. Thanks again, and as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys, the Benedict Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White, but we bleed, you see, and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving, see, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them, I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it, and I'm playing. The fact of it's rap from kid attacks, hash, and bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's tag the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams, it seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Effects Crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm checking that's no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.